to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, uh, they canceled the grand jury uh, in New York yesterday uh, against Donald Trump. And uh, today they're going to reconvene this grand jury, this secret grand jury. Um, But it doesn't seem like it's going all that well for the Alvin Bragg and... Uh, outfit over there so we'll see what happens um president trump has actually already said that he's uh he's okay he he's gonna wear the cuffs with pride you know like a martyr would uh like like greta thunberg what did right when she staged her arrest but in this case it's the left that's staging it for donald trump they're actually Donald Trump has to do, doesn't have to do any lifting to boost himself in the polls and raise funds for his campaign because he's raising more money for his campaign and he is surging in the polls right now. You know, where a head-to-head uh, was neck and neck a few months ago between him and DeSantis and that he was shooing to win the primary by about 10 points uh, a few months ago. Um, but go head-to-head with DeSantis, or DeSantis would would outperform uh, Trump against Biden. None of that's true anymore. Uh, Trump is now like 60-30 to, to DeSantis. Meanwhile, DeSantis is over with Pierce Morgan, you know, basically trying to sell himself um, on this idea and uh, or on, on his election campaign without ever declaring... But he uh, is is not really looking great right now because, you know, some people are suggesting that Florida should never extradite and do further investigation or at least get something for the effort. Like what, what they could do, they could ask for discovery or they could ask for information that would be helpful to Donald Trump. 
what they could do is say, before we're going to go ahead and release our citizen to New York, we could uh, we, we, we want to look at this case because we, we, we feel like there's bias here. And they can get information for that. Um, that would be, I think, newsworthy and helpful because I, I don't think there is anything to this case. And in fact, I, I saw a theory that uh, was put out by a MAGA supporter that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, basically, the theory was that uh, that Cohen, Michael Cohen, slept with Stormy Daniels or did something with her. She tried to extort him for the $130,000, right? Which was an odd number, to, to say the least, right? I mean, when you think about suing Donald Trump, you think, Seven figures, right? Or high six figures. $130,000 sounds like chump change, really. You know? So, Cohen may have done something with her. This is a theory, by the way. This is by this guy. Just, But, but I thought it was an interesting enough theory that I'm going to read it. Cohen s- slept with or did something with Stormy Daniels. She tried to extort him. He, in turn struck a deal with her to extort Trump because he, Cohen, didn't have the money to give. Then they both went to Avenatti and plotted even further or something like that. So that's sort of a, an idea that he came up with. I, I thought it was an interesting idea to share. Uh, Charlie Kirk writes, 2018 letter from Michael Cohen's lawyer to the FEC declares Cohen used his own personal funds to pay Stormy Daniels. Trump camp was not party to the transaction and did not reimburse Cohen for payment. That is game over. So the way that letter reads, dear Mr. Uh, this is uh, February, 2018 federal election commission. Um, he's writing to uh, a Mr. Jordan says, I am writing on behalf of my client, Michael Cohen. And this is uh, Stephen Ryan, counsel for Michael Cohen. I am writing on behalf of my client, Michael D. Cohen. He wrote this February 8th, 2018 to a Mr. Jordan at the Federal Election Commission. In response to your letter dated January 30th, 2018, specifically this letter responds to the complaint numbered MUR 7313, which was filed with the Federal Election Commission by Common Cause and Paul S. Ryan. So Paul Ryan was involved. I wonder if the Stephen Ryan is any relation to Paul Ryan. You know, the guy who actually controls what... Uh, most people were saying over at Fox News other than Tucker Carlson. So, in a private transaction in 2016, before the U.S. presidential election, Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to uh, Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford, and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. This is an attorney, McDermott, Will, and Emery, writing on behalf of their client, Michael Cohen. 
Contrary to the allegations in this compl- in the complaint, which are entirely speculative, neither Mr. Cohen nor Essential Consultants, LLC, made any in-kind contributions to Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated or any other presidential campaign committee. Mr. Cohen has not been a government employee during any of the relevant time period. The payment in question does not constitute a campaign contribution or expenditure, and therefore the FEC lacks jurisdiction over this matter. The complaint, the complainants have not and cannot represent any evidence to the con- contrary. Accordingly, the complaint should be dismissed. So there it is. They basically, maybe they thought they were clever. And they said, we're going to put this outside of the jurisdiction of the FEC because we've already gotten a, in a commitment that they don't have a case on the other side. So the FEC is going to try to bring some case against Trump, but we're going to nix that right out of the bat. The reason why this is significant is because the chief star witness in Alvin Bragg's case is Michael Cohen. That's the, that's the, there, there lies the rub. So this is an official letter of statement that just basically nullifies. And so this has been entered into the record. This has got to be case, case closed, right? One would think. Benny Johnson writes, breaking new bombshell document destroys Manhattan DA's case against Trump. 2018 letter from Michael Cohen, lawyer to the FEC, declares Cohen used his own personal funds to pay Stormy Daniels. Trump camp, not party to transaction, did not reimburse Cohen for payment. It's over. The case is closed. Donald Trump even wrote about it, and he cited the letter, and he said, Trump, wow, look what Look what was just found, a letter from Cohen's lawyer to the Federal Election Commission. This is totally exculpatory and must end the Manhattan District Attorney's witch hunt immediately. Cohen admits that he did did it himself. The DA should get on with prosecuting violent criminals so people can walk down the sidewalks of New York without being murdered. And that was the truth that Donald Trump posted Paul Sperry writes, anti-Trump DA Alvin Bragg claimed he was raised in a dangerous Harlem hood, but actually grew up in a $2 million brownstone and attended elite private schools before he went to Harvard. So, yeah, right, typical liberal. Paul Sperry also writes, breaking, federal records show Alvin Bragg's family, including wife and later father, and late father, have given exclusively to not only Democrats, but only black candidates, donating several thousand, donating several thousand uh, dollars to Obama, Warnock, Demings, McBath, among others. So uh, that's kind of interesting, right? I would say. I would say that. Um All right. Breaking another President Trump statement regarding Mr. DeSantis interview, this time land blasting him. Okay, so this is Pierce Morgan. So um, Donald Trump uh, tweeted this about the interview that DeSantis was giving with Pierce. 
While I'm fighting against radical left lunatics, persecutors, and unfair prosecutors who want to destroy us all, Ron DeSanctimonious is not working for the people of Florida as he should be. He is too busy chatting with a ratings challenge TV host from England, desperate, try, desperately trying to rescue his failing campaign, but it's my fault. I put him there. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that Pierce is getting right in the middle of the Trump saga. And he's doing that for ratings because Trump represents the ratings. Trump gets the ratings. Why? You might ask. It's because Trump is truly the, the leader of the people. That's, that's why it is. If he was just someone that people didn't respect, uh, it, would be, it would be completely different. And the numbers, the numbers across the board indicate that fraud was committed. Speaking of fraud, by the way, the Supreme Court in Arizona just reversed a lower court so that they're going to have to get involved now with the case of the signature verifications. And that, to me, has a lot of uh, power. That there, there was a lot of uh, ballots that, where the signatures never were close. They didn't come close to matching. And this has been one of the biggest problems is that these ballots are being filled out by harvesters and and they're being processed. See, the the whole concept of the mail fraud, I mean, I mean of the of the election fraud is that the ballots are getting mailed out to people that don't even want them mailed to them. And they just sit in packs and uh, you know, in stacks and stacks. And then harvesters are picking them up and filling them out. And the signatures aren't matching at all. And so when they dump them off in these boxes, it's representing tens and tens of thousands. See, there's so many people that have voted that, didn't know, that never knew that they voted. That's the, that's the kicker. That's the thing that's interesting. So, you know... I think that that's what's going on. And so the signature verification is going to be a big one for now uh, for uh, Carrie Lake. Now, now here's the big kicker. Here's here to me. This is the big question because we've never I don't think we've ever seen it quite at this level, this scale. And in this day and age where we know that the elections are rigged and, you know, the question is, how do you prove it? And we can prove it because Carrie Lake is fighting so hard that she's able to get these court decisions, right? She's successfully doing this. Now, what if they, okay, the Supreme Court just ruled that they're going to require that the lower court address the signature verification case. Great. Now, what if it's proven that enough votes changes the outcome of the election? that all these fake votes that have no signature verification that were all going to Katie Hobbs because we know what the ballot harvesters were doing and they take all these ballots and they have to discredit them. They have to say, these votes don't count. Then And, and, and if they don't count, who did they vote for? Well, Kate, Carrie Lake. I mean, uh, 
Katie Hobbs. They voted for Katie Hobbs. All these bad, fake, bogus ballots with fake signatures all went Democrat, right? So they wiped those off, and now Katie Hobbs has, you know, 50,000 less votes than she had before this test, right? What would be the process? And I think that if they were to execute that process, then there would be this precedent and this path, almost like a how-to handbook on how to reverse an election that was riddled with the election fraud where the outcome went to the fraudster rather than the person that appealed most to the voter. That would be an interesting uh, chapter in the history of America, in my opinion. All right, so we got that. Just wanted to share this with you. This is a quick little tippet. Well, looky here, it says, the head of the Ukraine National Bank, you know, the one that partnered with FTX (laughs) and Sam Bankman-Fried, where all the world, Klaus Schwab world leaders were saying, donate to Ukraine. Donate to Ukraine to help save lives in Ukraine. Well, guess what? The Ukrainian National Bank CEO just bought himself a new Rolls Royce, a two-tone, beautiful, driving around in luxury. Bought himself a new Rolls Royce. This Rolls Royce got to be about five hundred grand, and just paid cash for it. Tell me that fraud isn't happening in uh, Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine, before we get into some other audio clips related to uh, this Trump grand jury indictment, which we're going to get, that's our main story today, but we got other stuff we want to talk about. Let's take a listen to Victoria Newland in 2016, where she had her hands all through the cookie jar of Ukraine. Let's take a listen. And U.S. advisors serve in almost a dozen Ukrainian ministries and localities, helping to deliver services, eliminate fraud and abuse, improve tax collection, and modernize Ukrainian institutions. With U.S. help, newly vetted and trained police officers are patrolling the uh, the streets of 18 Ukrainian cities. In courtrooms across Ukraine, free legal aid attorneys funded by the U.S. have won two-thirds of all the acquittals in the countries. Um, Treasury and State Department advisors have helped Ukraine shutter over 60 failed banks and protected the assets of depositors. And since there can be no reform in Ukraine without security, over $266 million of our support has been in the security sector, training 1,200 soldiers and 750 Ukrainian National Guard personnel, and supplying life-saving gear. In FY16, we are continuing that training and equipment of more of Ukraine's border guards, military, and Coast Guard. Wow. It sounds like it didn't work out too well, right? It sounds like the State Department ought to just get out of the nation building business, right? (laughs) I mean, it's not working out too well. Um, You know, you got that, but then you also have um, Dr. Fauci uh, basically uh, getting involved with uh, biolabs. Let's take a listen to what Fauci had to say about bioweapons. Never imagining that I would be doing this, needing to learn from people that I never thought I would be learning things from, namely bioweaponers, people who were our own bioweaponers in the United States decades ago, uh, international figures, people from other countries, the UK, and also, and importantly, defectors, uh, particularly from the Soviet Union, who had vast experience 
in the ways of biowarfare. See, that last part about Russia. See, I remember reading these stories and, and hearing about these stories about Russia uh, when Russia was struggling financially and people were starving because of they were switching over from communism, you know, USSR to Russia. Uh, there was a lot of people not making it well. And there was a lot of political dissidents that were being punished, sort of like what goes on here every day in America um, with the Biden regime. But the thing is, is that they were scientists that were carrying briefcases of secrets, top secret information, classified information. And they would bring their assets to sell on the free market. Where was that free market, though? It was in Ukraine. It was in Ukraine by way of NATO. And it was in a neutral site. So that p- countries like Germany and France wouldn't, weren't harboring and weren't going directly against Russia. So you got Ukraine, who was already sort of like an enemy of Russia because they separated. So they set up secretly in the black market which was great for politicians to get their palms greased. And they set up these biolabs with the help of the CIA and the State Department for a country that was basically a puppet of the United States and NATO. But we weren't going to include Ukraine and NATO because that would be an act of aggression against Russia. And we knew that Russia would object to that. So what we did was we did it like a terrorist group would do it. You just sort of set it up and don't claim um, responsibility for it, right? So you set up all this stuff. You use these Russian scientists. Everybody speaks Russian and Ukraine. And basically you get this Russia, these biolabs with these Russian scientists using Russia's own secrets against Russia themselves. And what Fauci was just talking about, again, right here. Never imagining that I would be doing this, needing to learn from people that I never thought I would be learning things from, namely bioweaponers, people who were our own bioweaponers in the United States decades ago, uh, international figures, people from other countries, the UK, and also, and importantly, defectors, uh, particularly Defectors from the Soviet from Union, who had vast experience Bingo. in the ways of biowarfare, never imagining. That. So that is it, folks. That is a very interesting clip, if you, if, you, if you must know. Very interesting clip right there. And here uh, is Fauci. Uh, natural immunity is the best vaccine. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no, if she got the flu. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. Herd immunity, folks. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's Dr. Fauci, you know. He's made a fool out of himself with this documentary that they shot. Um, incidentally, C-SPAN should be ashamed of themselves. C-SPAN. Um, they put this guy on. This guy, this um, black segregationist Democrat that Democrats love, 
calls for the extermination of white people and receives applause by his fellow liberal socialist Biden supporters. Let's take a listen. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people, because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system. Yeah, he represents 15% of the United States population where, where everybody has a gun. Good luck with that, chump. Good luck with that. Kamau, you're, you're, big surprise. His name is Kamau Kambom. Kambom, author, owner, uh, Blacknificent Books. <laughs> yeah, the guy's an absolute racist, segregationist, murdering thug, and he's not considered to be, what, a domestic terrorist really are you kidding me and this whole thing about equity right senator kennedy asked this guy do you know what the brady the brady uh motion is well brady motion it requires prosecutors to disclose evidence to the defense right so take a look at this exchange this is um biden judicial nominee black guy is not coming to mind. I believe that the Brady case involves something regarding the second. No, it's not about Brady getting shot. It's about prosecutors disclosing evidence of to the defense. This is a Biden judicial nominee. Tell me how you analyze a Brady motion. How I analyze a Brady motion? Yes. Uh, Senator, in my... Uh Four and a half years on the bench. I'm not. Don't believe I've had the occasion to uh, address a Brady uh, motion in my career. Do you know what a Brady motion is, uh, Senator? Uh, in my time on the bench, I've not had occasion to address that, and so uh, it's not coming to mind at the moment what a Brady motion is. Um, do you recall the U.S. Supreme Court case Brady v. Maryland? Uh, I do recall uh, the name of the case, the Senator. Yes. And what did it hold? I believe that the uh, Brady case uh, in, well, Senator, I believe the Brady case involves something regarding the Second Amendment. It is not, I've not had occasion to address that. If that issue were to come before me, uh, I would certainly analyze that Supreme Court precedent uh, and apply it uh, as I would need to to the facts in front of me. Thank He just says thank you and goes on. It requires prosecutors to disclose evidence to the defense at the Brady motion crazy that the guy didn't know that that's that should be in every case oh by the way this should make you feel good pentagon doctors say that seven-year-olds able to consent to sexual sex changes can you believe that pentagon doctors say seven-year-olds able to consent to sex changes a team of healthcare providers at u.s military bases have come out in support of minors having access to experimental sex change procedures, arguing that children as young as seven are capable of medical decision-making. Can, can you believe this? It's absolutely appalling. I don't know how long this is. Scientists this are is... shocked. They have found um, that ear ringing is shrinking your brain on. cells. So Introduce yourself and give us your testimony. Welcome. 
My name is Prisha Mosley. I was a 15-year-old girl when the... Now, that's going to be too long. It's four minutes. Uh, but I, I, I just I hadn't seen that video before. There's audio to back it up. That's the point. But the notion that a seven-year-old ch- child are, or children are capable of such decisions is beyond laughable, of course. And uh, it's crazy. By the way, there's some talk about TikTok. And I have an interesting little tidbit to, to share with you about TikTok. Um, TikTok. Everybody wants to ban TikTok. I've never had the app. I, I've never. I don't. I've never had a TikTok account. I could care less about TikTok. But it's interesting how the entire government, on both sides, bipartisan effort, right, is now basically, you know, crushing TikTok. And I only bring this up because the CEO of TikTok is going to be on Capitol Hill today in a committee, okay? So, interesting. And what they're going to do is, because the guy's Chinese and and every corporation in China is connected with the CCP, and they're probably collecting metadata um, for the CCP, and they're getting it from every one of their users, including people in the United States. Got it. Okay, I understand that. But I believe that the reason why you're seeing this TikTok pushback, this put this pushback against TikTok, I think the main reason why you're seeing this push pushback is because the lobby groups from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are basically saying we are losing market share to TikTok. Because TikTok is so big. They're not complaining about Truth Social so much. Because Truth Social is a lot smaller. But TikTok is infringing on the profitability of Meta or Facebook or Instagram. Or even YouTube for that matter. Right? And Google. So, remember when I would say, I think it would be best if we would all get off the grid and not comply with our government because our government is the enemy of the people. You know, I, I don't think that's a stretch to get your head around that, right? So this whole TikTok thing, it's almost akin to getting off the grid. Why? Because when you get on TikTok, you're basically getting off the American spy agency grid. The FBI, the CIA, the State Department, the DOD are all spying on Americans. The NSA, they're all spying on Americans, right? The, 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 the CIA and the FBI and the State Department officials and, and, and a whole bunch of government officials, all liberals, mind you, have gotten onto Twitter and Facebook and work on these boards and work on censorship. But they can't push TikTok around, can they? Because TikTok isn't putting FBI and CIA and State Department spires and snoopers and censors on their board. They're not hiring a guy like Jim Baker from the FBI to go ahead and censor conservatives. That's not what they're doing. See, TikTok is not choosing liberals over conservatives. They're not doing that. 
what they're doing is they might be spying on all of America on behalf of CCP. But frankly, I don't think it really matters much what these folks in China know, whether I'm going to the 7-Eleven or not. I mean, really, when you think about it, does it matter? But, okay, they could hear what you say and all this, that. But so is Facebook. So is Amazon. So is Google. So is YouTube. So is Twitter. But with Twitter and with Facebook, we know exactly why it is that Section 230 exists and why they've been protected. Because they were rigging elections. They were actually rigging elections by... Um, by the equivalent of a billion dollar illegal billion dollar illegal campaign donations because the censorship value was in the billions. And that was unfair to one party and, and, and on behalf of another party. Namely, the Democrats were benefiting by cheating through censorship on these social media platforms that they were able to control by dangling that carrot and that stick over their heads with Section 230 protection. But guess what? TikTok doesn't care because they're not interested in any American politician, per se. So that's why it is that they want to cancel TikTok because TikTok wasn't playing by the same set of rules. They all spy. They all censor. Yes, that's probably true. But one has political advantages like Facebook and Twitter for the Democrat Party. And TikTok is basically, uh, you know, um, not not advantageous to one political one American political party over another. And frankly, in China, you know, they don't have to vote. So, you know, it's. It's a one-party rule over there. All right, so that's that's what's going on, folks. I believe that's what's going on. You'll love this. Greta Thunberg to receive honorary doctorate from Finnish University. She, she might get something in theology or something. They're going to give her a doctorate because she supports slave labor through her climate uh, initiative. Because that's what the climate initiative is all about. It's about... Acknowledging that the West is overeducated and overpaid and doesn't want to get their hands dirty and will not do manual labor on the cheap. So given that notion, given that fact, given that reality, they've come up with a plan to where they're going to go green and that's going to be able to that's going to be the reason why they push all of manufacturing over to China, to which case China doesn't have to comply with any of these restrictions because they're considered a, in air quotes, a developing nation, according to the Paris Agreement and the World uh, Bank. And they're considered a developing nation who can blow smokestacks all day long and pay their people $5 a day and give them a hut to live in and they can work 12 to 18 hours a day in sweatshops in China and that's their existence if you're a Uyghur you don't even get that you get something worse than that as a slave 
And the driving force behind that is Klaus Schwab's best friend, Larry Fink from BlackRock and Vanguard, who own all of these companies to the tune of about $16 trillion worth of assets. And so what's what they're going to do is basically reposition the world's population to where you get labor markets in China, and it also streamlines um, supply chain routes through the open seas, shipping lanes, right? Instead of shipping coming from all over the world, they could just have it coming from China to the rest of the world, you know, streamlining traffic patterns, right? They got it all figured out, folks. And the corporations that are actually on board with this profit center, this this way to profit from climate by doing that, will penalize people who don't have a good ESG score or, a car, or too large of a carbon footprint, and they'll penalize you. They'll put you in a penalty box. They'll find you money. They'll make you pay to coerce you into cooperation. And then what will happen is they're still going to need domestic slaves. And what they're going to do is open the border in the southern border. Oh, they already done it. Because they're going to get those dishwashers and those meat packers and those farmers and those landscapers and those builders. They're going to get all those people too. And they're going to pay them very little. And they're going to um, work like dogs. And that's going to be it. Sled dogs, I should say. And Greta Thunberg is going to get her honorary degree from Finnish University because naturally she spent her last five years not going to school. Right. It's crazy. So we're going to get into this Alvin Bragg thing a little bit. And I wanted to hear um, Elise Stefanik. Uh, I wanted to you to hear what she had to say. It was pretty good. Being from New York, we know that Alvin Bragg is ultimately the most radical district attorney you can get. Funded by $1 million from Soros, violent crime skyrocketing under his watch, political vendetta against President Trump, supports releasing violent criminals. Let's take a listen. Uh, I think Alvin Bragg in particular is the most radical DA you can ultimately get to. George Soros funded him over a million dollars, and we have this significant crime crisis in New York State. It's one of the reasons why we picked up four congressional seats. So at the same time as you have him politically targeting and persecuting President Trump, he's lowering felonies and misdemeanors, which has been one of the reasons why crime has skyrocketed in New York City. Uh, we announced uh, under Chairman Jordan's leadership with Chairman James. Amy Comer and Chairman Brian Stile, who have jurisdiction, uh, that we expect and intend to call Alvin Bragg to testify. He probably won't come, right? Well, we are going to work very hard, and the American people deserve to have him come and appear, and we want to have access to any documentation between the Department of Justice and the Manhattan DA's office. In addition, uh, there have been numerous members of Alvin Bragg's team who have left uh, in very prominent fashion over the past few years who have been focused solely at going after President Trump. And the other piece I would note here is, as much as I have been critical of the mainstream media uh, in years past that many of you know, even the Washington Post has pointed out that this is a 
zombie case that the Department of Justice passed upon, uh, the Southern District of New York passed upon, and yet now you have the most radical DA imaginable going after President Trump and doing the bidding of Joe Biden. Yeah, and the zombie case is actually a technical term, but you know what's interesting is Jim Jordan came out and said this, new new uh, ju- new judiciary judiciary committee chair Jim Jordan expands his probe into the Manhattan DA by seeking testimony from two prosecutors who get this, who resigned over Bragg's refusal to go after Trump more aggressively. What is going on in the Manhattan DA's office to where Alvin Bragg was the rational guy and that there was two prosecutors that resigned because Bragg wasn't going to go after Trump enough. And, you know, there's a big open letter uh, that uh, was put out there. But rather than read the letter, which is a little bit less less entertaining, um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to listen to um, this interview by uh, by Jim Jordan here in a minute. Uh, the first thing I want to do is um, play this one clip from Alvin Bragg real quick. Let's take a listen. A lot of people are wondering, uh, whoever has this job, are they going to convict Donald Trump? Look, that 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 is uh, the number one issue. I'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with, with Donald Trump. I was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office. We sued the Trump administration over 100 times. It'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's that'd be the most important, uh, most high profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's, you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, I believe we have to hold him accountable. What you? So, yeah, that's uh, Alvin Bragg on Hot 97, an FM station in New York City, but with a bunch of racist black people on Hot 97 um, that basically just, you know, want to ruin America. They don't understand what democracy is or or what freedom is about because they've never been free. They've always been stupid. And when you're that stupid, you can never be free. That's the sad truth. Um, but here is Jim Jordan speaking on Hannity last night. And basically, uh, I think, you know, he's doing something worthwhile, which is appealing the onion and opening up an investigation on this DA's office. Well, I think I think Alvin Bragg may be going back to what he initially thought when he first won the job, which was he shouldn't bring this case. So I think the, the sort of the in the overall picture, Sean, the fundamental question is, What changed? We know the Department of Justice wasn't going to bring the case. As you said, the previous district attorney, Mr. Vance, wasn't going to bring the case. When Alvin Bragg gets elected as district attorney, he's not going to bring the case. And then the only thing that changes between then and now is President Trump announces he's running for president. And most importantly, I think, Pomeranitz and Dunn, these two individuals who worked as assistants, resign, start pitching a fit, start protesting, write a book and create this pressure on Alvin Bragg from the left, and suddenly he decides, oh, now I'm going to indict President Trump. I think that's the key thing. And so that's why we're sending letters to Mr. Pomerantz and Mr. Don, and, and we want them to come in for a transcribed interview so we can ask them some important questions. What about bringing in Bragg? Well, we'll we, he's supposed to get back with us tomorrow. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow at 10 o'clock he's supposed to get back with us. We'll see what he says, and then we'll move accordingly. 
All of this is in tandem with your investigation in your committee, and that is investigating whether the FBI is politicized and the DOJ weaponized. Um, are we witnessing this in real time in this country? It sure seems like it because, I mean, think about, just think about President Trump. First it was Russia. Then it was the phone call with Zelensky that the Democrats go after him. Then it's his tax returns. Then it's his business. Then it's his children's business uh, uh, ties. And then, and then it's, it's uh, the, the raid on his home, for goodness sake, and now possibly this. So, yeah, we see it with President Trump, but maybe just as importantly or as important is the fact that they've went after parents. They went after pro-lifers. They've went after traditional Catholics. They said were domestic terrorists. They had that memorandum that we learned about six weeks ago. So that is the concern that you see from so many of these agencies in the Biden administration actually being turned on the American people that they're supposed to be serving. What does it mean when the current attorney general of New York, the Manhattan DA of New York, both of them run on a campaign and they openly state they, they want to go after one man, one company, one family, and then they proceed to do just that? Is that justice? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's selective prosecution and it's wrong. The great people of this great country understand it's wrong. That is not how our constitutional system is supposed to work. Not at all. And it's not supposed to be attacking people who are, you know, exercising their free speech rights like we see with some of these other agencies also. So this whole thing that we've now witnessed, this attack on the First Amendment, this selective prosecution, this going after President Trump, it is all wrong, and that's what the Judiciary Committee is focused on, making sure we get the facts on the table so we can propose the legislation to remedy the situation, and if we have to, use the appropriation process, use the power of the purse to limit funds going to some of these agencies that are doing this kind of thing. How many FBI whistleblowers? Yeah, you know, um, there's a, it brings, me, brings up another good point, too, uh, that VP Biden's office tried to quash Bloomberg's story about Hunter Biden at his firm's request. But more importantly, um, there was this. Hunter Biden used FBI mole named One Eye to tip him off to China probes. So Hunter Biden had an FBI mole named One Eye who tipped off his Chinese business partners that they were under investigation, according to an Israeli energy expert arrested in Cyprus last month on gun running charges. The House Oversight Committee is investigating the explosive claims by Dr. Gal Luft, a former Israel Defense Forces lieutenant colonel with deep intelligence ties in Washington and Beijing who says he was arrested to stop him from revealing what he knows about the Biden family and FBI corruption. Details he told the Department of Justice in 2019, which he says it ignored. Luft, 56, first made the claims on February 18th on Twitter. And let's see what he may have said there. FBI pressured Twitter, sent trove of docs hours before post broke Hunter laptop laptop story. Okay. So he says, I've been arrested in Cyprus on a politically motivated extradition request by the U.S., the U.S. claiming I'm an arms dealer 
It would be funny if it weren't tragic. I've never been an arms dealer. DOJ is trying to bury me to protect Joe, Jim, and Hunter Biden. Wow. That is a crazy, crazy uh, turn of events. Luft remains in jail awaiting, like Julian Assange, awaiting extradition to the U.S. over what he says are trumped-up charges of arms trafficking to China and Libya and violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Well, the Bidens are guilty of that. Through his American lawyer, Robert Henush, Left said he tried four years ago to inform the DOJ that Chinese state-controlled energy company CEFC had paid $100,000 a month to President Biden's son, Hunter, and $65,000 uh, to Joe Bur- Joe's brother, Jim, in exchange for their FBI connections and use of the, F- uh, the Biden name to promote China's Belt and Road Initiative around the world. Belt and Road Initiative. All right, that's part of that supply chain uh, uh, trick that I told you about, right? So, right here, the the Belt and Road Initiative is a massive China-led infrastructure project that aims to stretch around the globe. So China's colossal infrastructure investments may usher in a new era of trade and growth for economies in Asia and beyond. But skeptics worry that China is laying a debt trap for borrowing governments. The Belt and Road Initiative is a massive Chinese-led infrastructure project that aims to stretch around the globe. All right, so the initiative has stoked opposition in some Belt and Road countries that have experienced debt. It's almost like the Silk Road uh, trade uh, from the early days of the Ottoman Empire. And it was the Silk Road initiative that opened up the seas, really, and and allowed uh, transport through through the oceans Um, because it was using land, and they realized that using ships was much more efficient. All right, we have one more clip that we want to play. Let's take a listen to this. During that first two-hour meeting, Michael Cohn, who, as I said before, was pacing back and forth, would suddenly stop in the middle of whatever he was talking about and turn and point his finger at us and say, I want you guys to understand, I will do whatever the F I have to do. I will never spend a day in jail. He said that at least 10 to 20 times during that two-hour period. It was wow. it was a bizarre mantra, but it made it clear to us that Michael Cohen was saying, I will lie, cheat, steal, shoot someone. I will never spend a day in jail. Well, what happened? He did spend more than a day in jail. And who does he blame? Not himself, even though counts one through seven related to times that uh, before he even met Donald Trump. So he blames wow. Donald Trump. So will you believe the admitted liar uh, or are you going to believe that gentleman who is not a felon? And that's not all. According to JustNews.com and John Solomon, a memo from 2019 reveals that Cohn told his attorneys that he, quote, had no information against Donald Trump. But now Cohn is telling a much different. Well, we already got into that. That's their star witness. And that's the that's kind of the interesting thing about that. 
Here's Trump's attorney. We're respectful of his views on the trial, and we look forward to an opportunity to develop the record. We're also happy that we got extra discovery. As I said, transparency. The key here is transparency. As each day goes by, we learn more and more facts about why this isn't an issue, why this case shouldn't have been brought, and why President Trump has done absolutely nothing wrong. I think that's the case universally. I'm not going to speak to other uh, lawsuits or litigations or investigations, but I think universally that's what we're seeing, is once all the facts come out, once there's transparency, once everybody knows exactly what happened, then they're going to see that President Trump has done absolutely nothing wrong. And these transactions were just the day-to-day business between a billionaire and his bankers and insurers. Alina, can we hear from you as well, please? Sure. Just your thoughts on how it went today? Uh, in the AG's case? I think case. I think Chris spoke well to that. I'm happy to answer any other questions that you have. What about the DA's case? Well, as you know, I'm not on the DA's case, obviously. Uh, I'm not a criminal attorney. But I can speak to what I think everybody in the country is waking up to, which is that uh, former President Trump and possibly future President Trump has been completely unfairly treated. This is a politicization, politicization of our justice system. And I think it's a frightening time for our country, frankly. Uh, if Michael Cohen is a key witness, as we're hearing, if they're getting debunked testimony from other people. Uh, th- this is speaking for itself, and, and I, I hope that everybody's eyes are open. Uh, it would be a very, very grave mistake for them to indict President Trump. You talk to Mr. Trump every day, maybe multiple times a day. How does he feel? What is he telling you about the DA's case? Um, I think this is another day for the president, and I think that's the important thing to take away from this. Um, this is something that has been happening since he walked down the escalator at Trump Tower in, in uh, 2015. 2016 when he was running and, and won. Um, it is the way his life has turned, unfortunately, and he's given up a lot for this country. He had a great life before, I'll tell you that, and he's willing to continue to sacrifice, and I think that speaks volumes to his character and how much he loves this country. Is he scared? Is he worried about this case? No, he's not scared. What, no. He's sad by what's going on. Yep. Indictment and, and I know he's called for protests. What, what sort of is his state of mind going into these next few days? I think it's the same as any other day. How is this any different than last week for President Trump? There's some reporting that tomorrow there's another witness. Are you aware of that? And what does that mean for the case? I would never speak about the details of that case. Again, I'm a civil attorney. I'm, I'm here on a different matter. What about Robert Costello as a witness? Yes. I think Bob Costello did a fantastic job from my understanding. And we, we just heard Costello, but we're uh, running out of time here today. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to into the Scott Adams Show. And be sure to check out our nonprofit arms that help us uh, do what we do, uh, and that is to advance America First policies to make America great again. Uh, you can check out buglecall.org. You can also check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. It really does help out a lot. Um, also, use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Don't come now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.